The Mariners are poor, or at least that's what they want us to think. Either way, Jerry DePoto and company have been forced to get very creative this offseason. So how should they attack the offseason now that they say they have financial flexibility? Let's talk about it. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Tuesday, December 5th, 2023. This is Tidding as Austin Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link, as well as our social accounts, is in the description of this episode the winter meetings kicked off yesterday down in nashville and both scott service and jerry depoto spoke about as candidly about their financial situation as they possibly can without getting themselves fired uh depoto said that after trading jared kelnick to the braves to dump the salaries of evan white and marco gonzalez the Mariners offseason has essentially begun just now, and it's allowed for them to expand their list of targets. So we're going to talk about who some of those targets could be and how the Mariners should attack this offseason. Uh, but we're also going to talk about the state of the Mariners finances and some of the other interesting things both Service and DePoto had to say. Uh, so let's start here, Colby. The General sense coming out of yesterday is that the Mariners, even after the Eugenio Suarez trade, basically had no money whatsoever to work with. Ryan Dibish said as much in a response to someone on Twitter that, quote, they have money now. They didn't yesterday. What do you make of that? Uh, I make of it that John Stanton's a coward who needs to talk to the fans instead of hiding behind Jerry DePoto. Also, it's pretty shameful that Jerry DePoto has been put in a, in a place where he has to be in charge of not only the baseball ops department, he has to be in charge of your business somehow. That doesn't make a lot of sense, especially when you said you were going to separate the two. But I don't know. It sure looks like the business side is dictating to the baseball side instead of the other way around. So, uh, you know, do I think that they had no money before they made this trade the other day? I really hope not because this trade only cleared $15 million. What are you going to get with $15 million? Like one good at bat, one good bat and a bench guy. whoop de doo um, So I don't know if it's about, you know, all of a sudden John Stanton did a 180 and he's given Jerry more money. Uh, that doesn't seem likely because we know Stanton's a coward and, and, you know, he's cheap. Uh, so what do you do? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what, what to think of, of Divish's statements because, they're contradicted by other people and then they're confirmed by other people and nobody seems to have any clue what the Seattle Mariners are doing or what they're willing to do this winter. And that is the fault of John Stanton and the ownership group. And I don't know how Jerry and, and Justin are supposed to handle a situation where the amount of money they have to spend is basically dictated by the whims of, of one person. Uh, which seemingly can happen at any time because apparently the reduced uh, payroll number wasn't given to Jerry until about three weeks ago. You know, it was three weeks ago, the opening day of free agency. So the day of free agency or right around there, 
they got told they had less money to spend is what I'm gathering here. So I don't know what to think of, of Divish's article because I don't know how much of it is true. Um, I don't doubt Divish has been told those things, but you know, nobody seems to be able to get a firm answer on the Mariners where they're, where they're at payroll wise, what to believe, what not. Everybody's kind of got contradictory reports what the final numbers is you know, allowed to be and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, meanwhile, the ownership group just sits back, lets Jerry and Justin and, and Scott take all the arrows, lets the players get furious because they don't understand what's happening. And, uh, you know, lets the fans basically run around, run amok because we're just trying to understand what's happening here. And nobody will just speak to us like we're adults uh, because that's what cowards do. They hide in the shadows and they just reap the rewards of uh, what other hardworking people have actually put into, uh, you know, turning this franchise around. So I don't know. I don't know what to think. If John Sam was a good owner and an accountable owner, he would get on the Mariners flagship station right now or set up a press mm -hmm. conference and say to the fan base, there are a lot of reports out there about what money we have or what money we don't have and who we're in on and who we're out on. This is what it is. Let's just cut through the BS and talk about it. And he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. No. He's, go he's going Coward. to continue to allow Jerry DePoto to take arrows for him. Jerry DePoto to continue spewing word vomit every time he gets in front of a microphone. And make things ultimately worse with every little thing he continues to say. Because even Jerry right now is kind of contradicting himself with the statements that he's making. It's not just reports out there. It's Jerry himself is contradicting himself because you know, he says in the end of season press conference, payroll is going to go up be, beyond where it was in 2023. Then obviously, you know, they trade a Eugenio Suarez, which is at least partly a money saving move. They trade Jared Kelnick in order to dump the salaries of Evan White and Marco Gonzalez. But then after doing that doubles down and says, yeah, payroll is going to go beyond where it was in 2023. But then yesterday says, well, our offseason actually began today because of that trade. And we weren't really able to do the things that we want to do until we opened up more payroll. So what's the truth here? What's going on? Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and I assume that this is some sort of cover for the fact that Stanton once again has pulled the rug out from under Jerry DePoto and Justin Hollander as he has done in previous off-seasons. So this isn't the first time we've heard this song and dance from Jerry DePoto. This isn't the first time Jerry has gone up there at the uh, for the end-of-season press conference and has spoken more optimistically about the financial flexibility he would have, only to change his tune midway through the, uh, the off-season. Right? In the past, the excuses have been the effects of the pandemic. And then it was... Oh, well, let's see if this team is good enough to, to win and sustain winning. Well, they won 90 games in back-to-back -back seasons and ended the longest playoff drought in professional sports. And then it was, oh, well, our payroll is going to crest in 2026, so we have to account for that. Now this year, it's the TV deal. And while the, the RSN stuff is an actual problem, not just for the Mariners, but across the league, we know that this is having an impact. But it's hard not to buy that it's at least to a certain degree, an excuse to maximize profits because the Mariners are projecting that they're not going to make as much off of their TV deals as they have in previous years. Mm -hmm. 
right? It's about profits above all else. And it's not about just making a profit. It's about making a specific profit that will make the ownership happy. Um, and if anything goes wrong or anything kind of messes that causes the profit number to go down, not below zero, but just to go down at all, they're taking it right out of the baseball budget instead of just taking it out of their own profits, which is what a responsible owner would do. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, there's no shortage of mics. If, if John Stanton wants to get in front of a mic and, and tell people what's up, they're going to be thousand of them shoved in his face. He can go on MLB network. He can go on root sports, which his team apparently owns. Allegedly, uh, he can go on seven ten, which is the flagship flagship station of the Seattle Mariners. Of course, they're going to put him on the air. He can even pick Mike Salk to lob him softball questions, but he needs to do something. And what is he going to do? Nothing, nothing, because he doesn't care about you. He doesn't care about his ball club. He doesn't care about the fan base. He'll tell you he does. All I care about is winning. And yet he's done zero, nothing to back up his words. Nothing. So, yeah, step up or shut up. Uh, and shutting up's not really an option right now because your franchise right now, kind of the laughing stock of baseball. Nobody's quite sure what you're doing. Um, your fan base is is furious and and obviously your manager is not too happy with you either. And neither are the players in that clubhouse. You're losing the fan base. You're losing the the players. You're losing momentum that has been hard built over the last three or four years. Uh, all because yeah. you don't want to step up and be a man and, and have some accountability for your decisions. Yeah. We're, we're going to keep talking about, the, we're going to keep talking about this, but first a reminder, this episode of the lockdown Maris podcast is brought to you by Jace medical. You know, we spend a lot of time talking together. You and I, we get fired up together on wins and losses, who starts and who sits. And I'm thankful for that connection we have. But today I want our chat to be a little more personal. I just learned that you can get a one-year supply on ED medications. You realize what that means? Bring on extended travel. Bring on the next natural disaster supply chain issue because you are covered, my friend. You don't have to worry anymore about whether or not you can refill your generics for Cialis, Viagra, or Revatio prescription. And this is possible because of our friends over at Jace Medical. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-D-O-N, at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. Quote, I am thankful for this service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply, and I also ordered an antibiotic kit. Now, I feel secure. Prices are lower than local pharmacies, and I highly recommend this for everyone. So. If you or someone you love will get some peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily med, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-C-K-D-O-N, $20 off your purchase. And you're listening to the Locked On Marist Podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. And as a reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day and once again a reminder this is our last five show week 
2023 and for the next couple of months we'll be going back to five shows around the time that pitchers and catchers report but uh, in the meantime starting next week we are going to be three shows a week here we're going to be posting monday wednesday and friday ctz over on our patreon will be posted on tuesdays and thursdays so colby and i are just recording one show a day here for the next couple of months uh but of course if the mayors you know make any deals on the weekend or on a tuesday or a thursday you can be sure we'll we'll do an emergency podcast uh on those days if uh you know we're available so uh lastly question of the day i don't have one colby do you have a question of the day why is john such a coward Ooh, why is he such a coward? Better yet, what would you say to John Stanton right now? And to try to try to keep it clean. Try to yes. don't get too unhinged with it down in the comments. I don't want to have to like delete any posts down below. Be but... creative with your discuss. So the Mariners apparently now have financial flexibility. Oh, now. They, yeah, just now. now now uh, after they removed you know seven guys from the 26 man roster now now they okay cool cool right good to know now right just now um scott service is even pissed it's pretty clear he should be the service with the um you know we're working with the the cards were dealt is the best way he would put it essentially what he said yesterday uh and uh, you know, even Jerry, I mean, the, the fact that Jerry is being pretty open about the, the financial situation says a lot because he knows how the fans are going to take that. He knows that those quotes are going out there and he knows what the temperature of this fan base is. Like he knows what he's doing by, by saying that. And I don't really blame either one of them for being furious about this, especially again, you know, I mean, they outright basically said that the rug was pulled out from under them but it makes their jobs infinitely harder it opens up the door now for the front office to make more mistakes to fail because now there is more pressure upon them to take shots on players to trade valuable assets mm-hmm. whether those are major league players or minor league players uh, to try and get better because they don't have enough financial flexibility or enough financial support from ownership to at least have some fallback options, to at least have other avenues to explore where they're not pinned in a corner. And who is going to suffer the consequences if things go sideways again, folks? It's not John Stanton. It's not Chris Larson. It's not any of the other minority owners who are lurking in the shadows up there. Because ownership, folks, is a constant. John Stanton is a constant. Chris Larson is a constant. GMs, presidents of baseball operations, managers, they all come and go. Ownership is forever until the owner says otherwise. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, that this has been very in line very within theme of what the power dynamic has been in the Mariners organization since Stanton took over service takes Stanton's arrows from the players Depoto takes Stanton's arrows from the fans while Stanton quite literally 
sits behind the cameras like he did at the end of season press conference. That's yep. not an exaggeration. He literally did that. He was literally there in the room. Lurking as in the Jerry, shadows. As literally. Jerry DePoto nationally embarrassed the organization because he once again is having to cover up for stuff that he really has no business dealing with. His his side of things has this is why they split up the the president position. That was the point of bringing in Katie Griggs to handle the business aspect of the Mariners and have a president of baseball operations with Jerry Depoto so he could just focus on baseball stuff. But the Jared Kelnick trade, as we talked about yesterday and on Sunday, is not baseball stuff. That's a business decision. Jerry Depoto and Justin Hollander have a plan for this offseason, or they had a plan, they had a vision for this offseason, and thought that they were going to have X amount of dollars to execute that vision, and then all of a sudden, no, you actually have this amount of money. And so now they've had to manufacture a way to get back to the point where they feel that they can accomplish what they feel they need to accomplish this offseason. Mm-hmm. And it includes dumping fan favorites and uh, getting less value than you could for Jared Kelnick. And now it's probably going to include the need to overpay in prospect capital for pre-arbitration players who are not going to make a ton of money instead of just going out and getting similar players for $12, 15000000 million and keeping your Harry Fords and your, you know, your Brian Woos and uh, Brian Woo. Uh, you know, no, he's not a prospect. Uh, you know, Harry Ford, Cole Emerson, uh, those guys. Now you have to give those guys away. Uh, because your ownership is cheap. And all of a sudden, now you're because of the alleged lateness of which you know this this change in, in available money came down the pipe. Now you're kind of starting from ground zero. Uh you, you have to go back. And that why why haven't the Mariners made any ads yet, like legitimate ads yet? Because they've spent the first month of the offseason just trying to get back to a place where they could go out and make more ads. And they're probably still not going to make the, get to make the number of ads that they thought they were going to. So, yeah, it's a mess. And, and now Jerry's job gets infinitely harder. Uh, the, the idea that you're going to build a sustainable winner without spending free agent dollars, pretty laughable. Um, you kind of look at it, the one team that's managed to do that uh tampa bay and that's mm-hmm. a unicorn and they also haven't won a championship right so i mean atlanta doesn't play big in free agency but they acquire guys and then they give them big extensions like atlanta's running a top 10 payroll right now so you kind of mm-hmm. look at it, it, it you got a unicorn out there and you got a bunch of teams who are do, who are sus- trying to build sustainable winners and the ones who have built sustainable winners they they aren't afraid to spend and John Sand right. is petrified to to write a check. Right. Because, it, again, it's not about spending as much money as you possibly can. It's not about just throwing dollars recklessly at players. It's about having that at your disposal if the opportunity arises and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And like with the Otani thing, right? Like none of us ex- expected that they were going to actually land Otani. But if the reports are true that they just blanched out the money and didn't even try like that's it's very disappointing that they didn't even put their their hat in the ring for an all-time talent who actually showed some interest in in playing for them six years ago 
you know it's just uh, it's so like, even, it's so, so that's obviously on the high end but even if it like again if it keeps you from getting jordan montgomery blake snow or whatever so you can then turn around trade some of your young pitching for the bad or bats that you need like we've talked about so much this offseason if it even keeps you from doing that which is an area where you should be able to pay market value because pitchers actually want to come to seattle whereas hitters don't like that's a problem that's a problem and and if it's even stopping you from being able to just add a couple of you know 10 to 15 million dollar players that's a legitimate problem it's a Mm. major major problem You're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. So, Colby, you wrote an article on your Substack, uh, I believe last night, sotosports.substack.com, about some more affordable players in terms of dollar figures uh, that the Mariners could potentially target here. So, um, I don't know if you want to rehash that or at least you know talk about some of the names on there, or you have any other ideas that kind of fall in line with that that you want to go over, but. you know, who, who are some players that you think the Mariners could target now that it seems we have a better idea of where they stand? No, I'm done. Show's All over. Right. I'm out. All right. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't so, blame you, to be honest with you. I, yeah. I'm, I'm very tired about talking about this. You know, guys, we try to not do the payroll discussion as much as possible because it's it's there's so much of that out there already whether you go on twitter whether you listen to the radio it's it's so much all the discussion around this team right now is understandably dominated by payroll but it's unavoidable right now they've outright just said which you know they haven't in the past right there's always been i mean jerry even last year came on the show and said you know we we have money we have money to spend um but this time he said no we we actually didn't we had to make a move to get money so yeah we we have to talk about it um we're not going to make this the identity of the show now we're not going to make every show about this but right now we, we we do have to talk about this a little bit so sorry anyway uh but i'm just as tired about uh, of it as i'm sure you guys are as well yeah um so yeah obviously unfortunately it looks like it is now going to be basically impossible for Jerry and Justin to add the number of bats they need to add with the impact they need to add without getting somebody who's making league minimum, which, you know, impact bats who are making league minimum are incredibly, incredibly expensive. And they're not often traded unless you're giving up Juan Soto or, or like a legitimate number one starter or, or whatever, or you're paying a, ton of prospect capital uh more than it's probably smart but that's kind of where we're at uh and it also doesn't help that right now 25 ish teams probably are going into this winter thinking like if everything goes goes pretty well we have a legit shot to make the playoffs so if there's only four or five teams who are even contemplating selling players like this you're in trouble you're going to have to pay more so I went around, I found six pre-R players, three left-handed bats, three right-handed bats uh, that make sense for Seattle. But honestly, the list, maybe two of these guys, I would classify as likely movers. So it, it it's, you know, it's a bit of a, a risk here. So 
just go through some real fast. Uh, Kerry Carpenter of the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Um, he talked about him on Fan Fiction Friday last week. Yep. Um, he crushed it in Seattle and in, in the one series he was here, he's a really solid hitter. Uh, his career 278, 334, 474 hitter, um, and just under a full season worth of at bats. It's left handed pole power that plays really well at T Mobile. Uh, he should have 20, 25 home run upside, no problem. Uh, he's Teoscar Hernandez with a better on base, uh, and obviously five years of club control. and on the upswing of his career instead of the downs, the downswing like uh Teoscar is. So uh, he's a guy, um, Michael Garcia. No, remember you guys remember him from Kansas city. He and Bobby Witt did a number uh, on the Mariners, uh, those seven games that they played as well as another guy on this list intent. How do, uh, how, how do the Mariners go six of one in that season series? <laughs> I don't know what they did. Um, Garcia is a, fantastic defensive third baseman, one of the best in baseball. He has no power whatsoever, which makes him kind of a weird fit. Uh, he's a good athlete, not an elite athlete. He's a really good third baseman, kind of was average-ish at, at second base, can play shortstop if you need him to, no power. Uh, he hit 272, and yet somehow he only slugged 358. And the weird thing about him is that he hits the ball hard regularly. Like this isn't a, a guy who's just slapping the ball you know, no, he hits line drives. He hits the ball hard. He was in, let me see if I have it here in my notes. He was in the 93rd percentile in hard hit rate last year. And yeah, he's not 90, hitting for power? He hits a lot of ground balls. He hits a lot of line drives. Neither of those are going to turn into home runs at Kaufman. Uh, you so think it's a launch angle itch? So it's a launch angle issue? Apparently. Uh, gotcha. Because it's certainly not an exit velo issue. It's not uh, anything like that. Uh, well, then for, that's for, interesting because maybe that's actually something you make a tweak and then he starts right. hitting more doubles and home runs. Right. But he's 23. He's got five years of club control left. That's a guy that's going to cost you Bryce Miller plus. Um, yeah. And at least as of now, the Mariners don't seem likely to trade one <laughs> yeah. of their starters. So at that's least. the other thing, right? Yeah. Jerry yesterday said that. Uh, trading one of their pitchers is it's less likely than it was before the Kelnick deal, which Marco, like, I guess I could put on, maybe, but if we want to put our tinfoil hats on here, maybe it's, they know that they can get a bat for just money. Like the bat that they would, that's pretty much in line with what they would trade Miller or Wu for just with money. Maybe, but that guy is, there's only like two of those guys out there. Um, yeah, so, and I and feel like you're going to have to pay for funny. what they're. Well, and I also feel like, oh, well, yeah, there's that, but also like, I mean, even if it's just someone like Jorge Soler or whatever, I feel like you're going to have to overpay to get him to Seattle. So it's like, is that really the smartest thing to do with your money? Which anyway. is why I offer the following: Jorge Soler, uh, light option, Brent sure. Rooker, the, the, the Jorge Soler cope. Sure. Brent Rooker of the A's. The A's are one of the few teams who does not think they have a shot next year because they don't. They also don't care about putting a competitive baseball team out there because nobody's going to show up to those games. And Brent Rooker had a, had a good year. Now he strikes out a lot. That is a problem. Doesn't play good defense, but he walks, he hits the ball very hard uh, and he doesn't chase. It's not, he's not striking out because he's swinging at everything. He just swings and misses uh, at strikes. She tells me there might be a tweak there where you can get him to make more contact. And if he can drop his K percentage from 30% to 27% or whatever, it's a very good DH. You get him for five full years and Oakland is the type of team that might take bulk. They have in the past. 
so maybe this isn't, you know, we have to give up Harry Ford. Maybe this is, we have to give up, you know, Emerson Hancock and, and Jonathan Classe and, and, you know, Alberto Rodriguez, maybe it's something like that. So, uh, I think Rooker's probably the most likely guy on my list to be traded, but I, I mm-hmm. think the Mariners probably would prefer to go elsewhere. Uh, but Rooker at some point is going to make a ton of sense uh, at some point pretty quick, I would say. Uh, maybe my favorite guy on the list, though, MJ Melendez, is, is a guy I've talked about a lot. Uh, well, not a lot, but some. Uh, mm-hmm. He, you know, decent year in Kansas City, uh, but it's really his second half that has me uh, intrigued. Uh, last year in the final 64 games for Kansas City, he hit 273, 352, 485. He's hit 16, uh, 16 to 18 home runs uh, in a ballpark that isn't really conducive to left-handed pull power in the way that uh, T-Mobile is. Uh, he is a guy who draws has no issues drawing walks throughout his career. He's an 11, 11.5% walk guy. Strikeout rate is a little elevated. It's about 26%, uh, give or take on average, but... Again, he's 25 years old. You get him for five years. Good athlete. Graded out as one of the best base runners in all of baseball. Not a good defender, um, you know, in a mm-hmm. corner outfield spot. But this is a guy who was a catcher until last year. So right. there there might be some room for improvement there. He could also, you know, again, he could squat behind home plate for a couple games uh, a month and, and not absolutely kill you there. So there's some versatility there. Again, that guy's probably going to cost you Miller or Wu as well. But I would be interested in that because it's still five years and he's 25 years old and he's coming off of a 124 WRC plus. That's all his K rate drop over the last 60 to 65 games of the year last year. So there's just a few guys. There's a couple more. Um, you guys can check out uh, again. Nothing earth shattering, but uh, yeah, I think those are three or four guys that are that are pretty interesting uh, and would be to the Mariners, but they're going to cost because that's what these type of players do. They cost a lot in trade capital. And that's the downside of not being able to go out and spend, you know, $18 million on Jorge Soler or whatever. It costs you prospects instead, which what about makes sustainability take a hit. What about spending $25 million a year on Cody Bellinger, Colby? Because apparently John Morosi thinks that's possible. This is where we throw our heads back in laughter. (laughs) Even if the Mariners all of a sudden now have like $35 million to spend on free agency you need three bats at the very yeah. least two why would you go spend and probably four to, yeah like why would you go spend 26 to 28 million of your 35 million on one player yeah. if you even yeah. have it right now nah, so, you gotta spread it unless unless you're gonna go si- sign cody ballinger and then go acquire two of these guys on your list and completely gut the top end of your farm system doesn't make sense. You got to spread that money out a little bit. Unfortunately, Jerry has to think about that type of stuff because again, John Stan is a coward. Yeah. So John Morosi today, he checked off another player that he's linked to the Mariners. This tweet today was a bit more substantial than you know, like, at least in terms of the wording, right on the surface, it feels a little bit more substantial than when he talked about like Jameer Candelario for the Mariners. Like he said, the Mariners are considering Cody Bellinger as one of their free agent options. Like outright just said that like, that's as if that's something that he's heard. I've been told though, that that's false, like that they're, they haven't considered Cody Bellinger that they're not, like in on Cody Bellinger right now or anything of the like, because again, (laughs) 
Like, unless they have a lot more money than they're letting on right now for some reason, which weird strategy, if that is the case, they're not going to spend that the money it would take on Cody Bellinger when they still have to address at least two more spots after that, and probably three. <laughs> We're being very honest about where this roster is right now, where this lineup is right now, especially after subtracting Eugenio Suarez and Jerry Kelnick from the equation from the everyday lineup. Like they they have two outfield spots wide open. Wide open. They have the DH spot wide open. Right now your DH, if you had to play a game tomorrow, probably Dylan Moore or Sam Haggerty. That worked out well at the end of last year. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Uh and then, you know, I like the idea of Luis Urias. I think he's going to be a lot better than he was this past year. But you could you could certainly add another infielder. And I wouldn't bat an eye at that at all. So you're a Luis Urias uh, suppressive person. Right, right, right. I All-Star Urias is going to hit so good for me. Right. I, I bet it will. And you're just more wait. than I, I know you're going to take your victory lap. I know you're going to do it no matter what I say, but you're more than welcome to. I'll just I'll just say mm-hmm. that if, if that happens. But yeah, so you need at least three bats. Depoto yesterday said two, possibly three. No, it should be definitively three and probably four. But that's what I would much rather hear from from Jerry Depoto. But also, that depends on how much money he has to spend. And eventually, that well is going to run dry. So that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, at uh, LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Ty Dane Gonzalez. You can follow Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you next time. Peace.